Blog Talk Radio.
God. Praise the Lord. This is your Sister Pearl tonight. Uh, in the word, Sister Pearl, on Reaching Out Radio International, and I'm so glad and so privileged of the Lord to be with you. I thank God for this opportunity that we can share in the wonderful word of God, the liberating word of God. There is nothing like it in all the world, and what a blessing it is to be one of his dear children. So I want to greet you in the name that's above every other name, the name that demons tremble at that name, the name that brings tremendous peace and healing, the name that can raise the dead, calm the sea, the name that is what we need above every name, and that's the name of Jesus. I want to bless you. I want to welcome all of the countries listening to tonight's broadcast or whenever you might be listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening or in the midnight hour, uh, we know that this broadcast is uh, heard around the world. And uh, if you might be listening in Africa, in one of the many, many nations of the continent of Africa, or if your nation is in Asia, North America, South America, Central America, the Caribbean islands, Europe, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you on behalf of the leader of our ministry here at Reaching Out Radio International, and that is Evangelist Montel Field, great woman of God. I bless her. And uh, so I am welcoming you on her behalf and all of us that serve and have the privilege uh, to be uh, hosting programs on this wonderfully anointed radio broadcast. Well, not only do I want to welcome all of those nations and continents that I mentioned, I want to give a very special warm welcome to all of the nations listening throughout Oceania, and they would be Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, Federated States of Micronesia, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, Vanuatu, uh, French Polynesia, the Solomon Islands, Kiribati, Guam, Nauru, Tuvalu, New Caledonia, Cook Islands, Marshall Islands, American Samoa, Niue, Wallace and Futuna, Northern Mariana Islands, Kern Islands, and Norfolk Island. All of these are the wonderful nations in the continent of Oceania. But I also want to give a final wonderful welcome to a new nation that we have listening to us in the western uh, coast of Africa, and that's the Ivory Coast, or we can say in French, Côte d'Ivoire. We want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, and all the nations that I did not mention your name specifically. I have mentioning your names throughout the years when I have been doing my broadcast, but I just want you to know whether I mentioned your name or not, your nation or not, you are so very, very welcome. So very welcome. And uh, going to go straight into part two of there's another in the fire. We know that Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. But in order to escape the wicked Pharaoh, they had to cross over the Red Sea. Yet God made a way where there was seemingly no way in the natural. 
Last week, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into a burning, fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter than the temperature of furnace usually was. As a matter of fact, the fire was so fiercely hot that the strong soldiers who threw them in, they all died due to the intensity of the heat. Yet God miraculously delivered all three courageous and uncompromising young Hebrew men to another unexpected man being in that fire. And here goes what it says in the word of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste, and he spake, and he said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Well, lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, I just read from Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verses 24 and 25. You and I are living in a time that is very conducive to seeing the miraculous power of God on so many levels. However, to experience the supernatural We must be people of integrity who are fearless and willing to obey the Lord, even if he chooses not to deliver us out of the hands of the enemy. For the believing child of God, there is truly another in the fire, and I am so glad. Let's just pray before I continue in the word. Heavenly Father, We approach your throne in no other name but in awesome, high, wonderful, matchless name that is like no other name in all of the universe. And that's the name of Jesus. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we approach you, O our Father. And I ask you to touch every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every family, every nation, every tribe, every group, every nationality that's listening to the word of God tonight that we're going to share another in the fire. And Father God, I'm so grateful that when you allow us to go through fiery-like experiences in our lifetime, that we can be assured that we're never alone that your presence goes before us and stays with us. And we know that if we have been blood washed by the blood of Jesus and we've received Jesus Christ, that your Holy Spirit is not only with us, but dwells inside of us. So I ask you to captivate the heart of every listening person tonight or whatever time they are listening to this broadcast. And God, draw them to you by your spirit that they can say with assurance that they belong to you and that you are with them in every circumstance. We dedicate this broadcast to you. We ask that your name be glorified above all others. 
It's not important for the people to remember my name, but I want them to remember the name of Jesus. Please, Lord, let them remember that name that's so precious and call out all times in their lives from this moment on, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So you know what? We've been together twice with this uh, psalm, Another in the Fire, and I felt like I should really just read to you the words and go over the words with you. And here they go. These are the words, lyrics for Another in the Fire. Hillsong United, they're the ones who sing this song, and they wrote this song. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Because, you know, you and I may not ever go through a physical fire. Some of us may. But most of us will not go through a physical fire, but we go through fiery situations. That's what this song is talking about. There's a grace when the heart is under fire fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. Reckoning means all of a sudden I understand, I comprehend, I reckon. When I think about God and his promises and what he's done for me in the past, even in a situation that places me under the fire, I know I will never be alone. Now I'm going to read you the second stanza or the second verse for this song. There's another in the fire. Well, this is actually the chorus. There's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. Allow Sister Pearl to explain what that chorus means. As you know, there's another in the fire, just like those three Hebrew boys. There were three that the king had ordered to be thrown in, Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but when the king looked in, he saw a fourth man in the fire. And so when you and I are placed in fiery situations, whether it's a physical fire, most likely it won't be, but even going through a fiery or very difficult situation that it makes us feel like we're in a fire, we know that Jesus is standing with us. He's standing next to us. And then the, the, the third verse of that, chorus says, there's another in the waters holding back the seas. Well, that reminds us what we talked about last week when we talked about how the children of Israel fleeing the Pharaoh, they had to cross over the Red Sea to escape him, all of his soldiers that were with him. But God did a miracle for them. He literally, he caused the Red Sea to divide. And he, he allowed them to walk in the middle on dry ground. And so this is what this means in the chorus. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross. That's talking about the cross that Jesus Christ 
bore my burden on. He bore your burden on. He bore your sin on. He bore, thank God. And he died for your sins. He died for my sins. And there's another in the fire. Here goes another verse in this a wonderful song. All my debts for dead. All my debts, meaning D-E-B-T, all the things that I owed God. All my debt left for dead beneath the waters. So this is talking about when you and I commit our lives to Jesus Christ and then we're buried uh, with Christ, with water baptism. Because you know when you and I are baptized in water, when we go down into the water, it symbolizes that we are being buried. Our old life, our old ways are being buried with Christ. And when we come up from those waters, we left all the debt that we owed God in the waters, symbolizing, not literally. And it says, I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. See, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that means that he gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can have power over sin and darkness. We're no longer like we were before, just trying to live a good life, trying to do the things that are right. No, because you and I cannot try to be a Christian. Because if we just try to be a Christian using our own strength, our own capabilities, our own abilities, we're always going to fail. But that's why when Jesus left the earth, he says, I have to leave, but I am going to send to you the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God in us gives us the power over sin. So this stanza says, I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning and this understanding, either way, I won't bow. In the same way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to that idol god that Nebuchadnezzar had built. You and I should not be bowing down to the system of this world. We should not be bowing down to ungodly governments, ungodly ways, the suggestions of the devil, the culture that we live in. Either way, I won't bow, the song says, to the things of this world, and I know I will never be alone. Then they sing the chorus, but I'm not going to go over that again. Then they sing another verse. I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. Amen. See, darkness has to flee in the presence of Jesus. I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between wears thin. I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in. Many times you and I are in a, 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 a kind of a prison when we don't follow Jesus. Maybe you're not in a natural prison. But you're living in a, in a, in a spiritual prison. You're, you're living in some kind of a small cave that the enemy has you built in. When we come to Jesus, we're free from those prison walls. We're no longer caved in. Nothing stands between God and us. 
nothing stands between us. Then the song goes on to say, there is no other name, and even if he doesn't, even, you know, there's no other name but the name of Jesus. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we still are not going to bow down to the world system. We still are not going to cave in. We're still going to stand for Jesus Christ. Why? Because we know that we're going to have an eternity with the Lord. So whatever we face down in this physical uh, realm on planet Earth, we, we spend a very short time on the earth, literally, very short. The longest we'll probably ever live is about 120 years, and I doubt that the most of us will live that long. But then we have a whole eternity that we're going to have to, to, to spend either in heaven with the Lord or in hell with Satan and his demons. Now, we don't want to do that. I think the worst part about hell is that we're totally separated from Jesus Christ. We're totally uh, separated from what is light and what is life. The song goes on to say, but the name that is Jesus, he who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all things unseen and this reckoning, this understanding, and I know I will never be alone. I know I will never be alone. Because I know that's where you'll be. I'll count the joy come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. So no matter what battle that I face in this life, I know that Jesus is there with me. I'll count the joy come every battle because I know that Jesus is with me. And so that's the end of the song. And I took all that time to explain to you the verses and the chorus for another in the fire. Always know that no matter what fire you and I might encounter or go through or have to walk through or be thrown in, we're never alone. Jesus is with us. He said in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in, 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 in drought. Imagine that. He will satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail, Isaiah 58, verse 11. Today I put up on my Facebook, I know some of you in many nations, you might not have Facebook. For those of you that do, I put as my new Facebook cover, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. What does that mean? If God allows you to go through a hard, difficult circumstance, if he brings you to it, the same God will bring you through it. I'm reminded of that verse in uh, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of, the, of death, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through meaning that I walk through to come out. Through, when you walk through something, there's a beginning stage and then there's an end, an end stage. You go through the door. You don't just stand up in the door for the rest of your life. You go through that situation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I know that my God is 
going to bring me through it. So if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. But now, here goes another wonderful verse that I have for you in Scripture. And it's from Isaiah chapter 50, uh, chapter 43, I'm sorry. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, for he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. That means I, I, I have bought you for myself. And how did Jesus buy us for himself? Well, because you and I have sinned against God who is holy. And sin, the punishment for sin is death. But Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin when he went on the cross of Calvary and shed his only blood to redeem us, to buy us back. And only Jesus could have done that because even if I were willing to go up on a cross, which I'm not, but if I were, my blood would not be accepted by the Father God to pay for my sin or to pay for anybody's sin. Why? Because my sin is not blameless. My sin, my, my blood is guilty because of my sin. Only Jesus' blood could pay the penalty for sin because only Jesus' blood is guiltless, sinless, blameless. He had no sin. But he gave his, his pure blood to wash away and, and cleanse me of my sin and you of your sin. So that's why it says, fear not, for I have redeemed you, Isaiah chapter 43. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Then it says in verse 2, when you pass through the waters, you may never pass through a physical Red Sea or any kind of a, of a physical large body of water. You may, but you may not. But he says here, when you pass through the waters, that means when you go through a storm or, or, or a difficult time that feels like you're going through very deep waters, he promises, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. One of the major traits or responses we need, you and I, when we are faced with trying and sometimes daunting or downright scary in the natural situations, it is important to remember who our God is, number one, and number two, who we are in him. That is what Moses and the children of Israel had to do. In the natural, they had never heard about anyone walking through a great body of water up until that time. Never. Just as with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had not heard about God delivering other Hebrew young men, or anyone for that matter, out of an intense, fiery furnace. There were no, there was no precedent for such a miracle like God gave them when they needed that. However, what they did know was that their God was real. They knew that their God was faithful. 
he was a miracle-working God, and he cared deeply for his beloved children. Remember that they did hear the Abrahamic covenant. I believe that this was often repeated to them and told to them so many times, and it's found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 to 3. That was the promise that God gave to Abram before he changed his name to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. God told Abraham, Abram, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's found in Genesis chapter um, 12, verses 2 to 3. Now, in Genesis 15, verse 6, it reads like this. And Abram believed the Lord. See, when God speaks to us, and he does speak to his people, but you and I have to do something too. We have to believe God. That's what we're called believers. Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous. That means, righteous means that you, you are in a right relationship with God. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of what? Because of his faith. Then again, Paul the Apostle repeats what was told to us in Genesis 15 and 6. Paul the Apostle repeats it to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. The word of God says like this. So what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The people of God, the nation of Israel, they knew the miracles God did for their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And oftentimes when they referred to God, they referred to him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were cognizant. They were understanding of the miracles that God did for their forefathers and the mighty acts he performed. For them to walk in and experience God as a miracle worker, though, they needed to believe and obey God for themselves. And that's what I want to get across to all of us that are listening tonight. Look at the world that you and I are living in. If there were ever a time that we needed to be people of faith in God, it is now. It is now. It is now. And I, I want to repeat to you the words that Jesus said himself. Jesus said, have faith in God. That's the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 11. He said, have faith in God. Amen. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to have faith in God. He told his disciples, when his disciples saw that he spoke to a fig tree and that fig tree uh, that he cursed was withered. I can't get into that whole story tonight because that's a whole other teaching. But Jesus said in, 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 in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, 
go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Of course, when, when, when that verse is giving to, given to us and that promise is given to us, we have to know that that prayer has to be in accordance with the will of God. It's not just saying, okay, well, if I want a Lamborghini, you know, I want a Lamborghini, so, so let me just pray in faith, and then a Lamborghini is going to appear. No, because you and I are, are, are praying accordance, in accordance with the will of God. What is God's will for us at any given point? And I think that's what those young men that were in Babylon at that time, when King Nebuchadnezzar had built that huge idol and wanted them to bow down, they, they knew, number one, that that was against God's will, and that was not what God had for them. That was not what God wanted them to do, but God wanted them to instead stand, stand as righteous remnants, stand as people who knew the only true and living God, and stand for him. So that's how come they were actually willing to say, you know what, we know that our God is able to deliver us from out of the hand of, of this fiery furnace. He is able to deliver us from this. Let me, let me go and read it. Let me go and read that again for you. I know I read it last week, but I want to read this part again. We're talking about having faith in God. So let's just take a, another look at our story pertaining to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we know that they obeyed God by not bowing down to that big idol statue, which King Nebuchadnezzar had erected. But they were willing to speak to the king. You know, in this day and in this hour, are you and I, when we're given the opportunity, because they were given the opportunity, so God had set it up for them. And sometimes, not all the time, you and I are asked to speak to the king, to the governor, to the mayor, to our boss, our employer, because our real boss is Jesus Christ, but I'm talking about our employer, our supervisor. Now, when we're not to speak, we don't speak. But when we are to speak, we should speak. So they were willing to speak to the king and honor the God in whom they believed in. Let's look at the difference between them and the strong soldiers who threw them into the raging fire. Just once again, let's just take a look and, and read what had happened in that portion of Scripture in Daniel chapter 3, verses 20. I'm reading to you right now, and I'm going to read all the way down. Let's see how far we're going to go. I'm going to go to verse 27. Here we go. And he ordered certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, wow, their coats, their caps, and their other clothing, and they were thrown into the middle of the furnace of blazing fire. 
this reason, because the king's command was harsh and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let, let me just stop right there. As I'm being, I'm, I'm just seeing something new that I, I didn't even see before. I, I saw the verse. I saw the words in the verse. I'm familiar with the words of the verse. But I want to tell you what I'm discerning right now by the Spirit of God. That God will take care of your enemies. Anybody who is so willing to throw you into a fiery furnace, I guarantee you, even though you're not asking for God to do this against your enemies, but they're going to get theirs. God is going to deal with them. They were much too eager to obey the king's decree. There's nowhere in scripture that I'm hearing, you know, that they were like, oh, king, you know, have mercy on these three men, or, O oh, king, um, can you make them walk into the furnace themselves because we feel uncomfortable to throw them in. We hear nothing like that. It looks to me like they had no problem. Their conscience did not give them a problem at all. They heard what the king said, and they just went ahead, and they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. Never be so quick to fire true men and women of God. Never be so quick to condemn, to hurt, to harm, to come against, to speak badly of true men and women of God. Because while you're so eager to throw them in, to hurt them, to make them look bad, you are definitely going to get yours. Trust me. This is the first time that I even saw that in that light. So you never have to fight against those people that are coming against you. God himself will take care of them. I just threw you that for free. Okay? God himself, care of your accusers, he'll take care of those that are so eager to get you destroyed or to harm you or to hurt you or to come against you or to tell lies about you. Get ready because they're going to get theirs. If anything you need to do is pray for them so that they don't really get what they deserve and that God might have mercy on them. So the Bible tells us that, you know, these three, these, these soldiers that threw in Shadrach and, and, and Meshach and Abednego, they were killed. Okay? But these three men fell into the fire, still tied up. Then verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up quickly. He said to his counselors, what? Was it not three men that we threw bound into the middle of the fire? They replied to the king, absolutely, O king. He responded, look, I see four men untied and walking into the middle of the fire unharmed. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Or in the King James Version, it says, I see a fourth man, and he's likened unto the Son of God. Wow. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of the blazing fire. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out. You servants of the Most High God. So all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar now switches his, changes his tune. Before, he was not calling the only true and the living God. He, he didn't have anything good to say about the true and the living God, okay? But now he respects the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because their God delivered them out from the fire. He delivered them. And, and, and the Bible goes on to say that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their heads singed, meaning it wasn't even burned, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had even the smell. My goodness. If I go to a barbecue even, I come back smelling like barbecue. I come, I come back smelling like I had been around fire. But the Bible says that they didn't even have the smell of fire on them. What a difference between the Hebrew boys who trusted God and the men who threw them in. The men threw, throwing them in represent the natural realm and the world. However, when you and I are in Christ, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 3, for you and I, you have been, you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. You have died. You might not have died physically yet. And you may never. I don't know. Most of us will see natural death. But this is talking about spiritual death. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, even though Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not know Christ, in the way that you and I know Christ, because Christ had not revealed himself in that, in the person of Jesus Christ on the earth at the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because that was in the Old Testament. Yet, they understood the concept that their lives were not worth anything to them if they failed or if they renounced or if they turned their back, or if they rejected, or if they compromised their faith in the living God. And that's why they said to the king, I want to read that part again because it's so good. I know I've read it many times, but it bears to be heard again. It is so rich. It's so rich. I'm going to find it for you. They said to the king in verse 16 of Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not in need of an answer to give you concerning this matter. If it be so, 
our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Now, now, let's just stay there for a second. They said two things. We don't have to answer you about, you know, falling down and worshiping the statue, okay? We don't have to answer you about that because we're not going to be doing that. Basically, we're not going to be doing that. What are you doing? What am I doing in 2021? Am I falling down and worshiping at the altar of foreign gods, of worldly gods? of the dictates of worldly men, the dictates of worldly systems, worldly governments? Am I doing that? Are you doing that? Or are we being like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, look, we don't have to even answer you about that because there's no way. I'm putting that. I'm ad-libbing that. I'm adding that. But that's what they meant. We don't even have to give you an answer about about what you're asking us to do because we're not going to be doing it. So we know that our God that we serve is able to rescue us, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. So they meant that he, he will rescue them one way or the other. So whether he delivers them out of the blazing, fiery furnace or he allows their bodies to be burned like how many other martyrs were burned at, you know, at, uh, uh, at the stakes, and burned or devoured or had been stoned to death, God allowed many of his men and women of God uh, to, to have their physical lives end. So they said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to rescue us, and he will rescue us from your hand, one way or the other, whether he rescues us by taking us to be with him or whether he rescues us out of this fire. And, and even if he does not, Deliver us from the fire. Let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods. Neither are we going to worship the golden statue that you have set up. Now, I want you to think very carefully. What is this present world setting up for us? Maybe we're going to talk about in another session. But clearly, there's a global agenda. And the question to every believing child of God is what are we going to do when we're faced with what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with? Are we going to do, because they, they had it put to them. Let me, let me remind you again. Nebuchadnezzar told them, he said, look, if you're ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of musical instruments, if you're ready to fall down and worship the statue that I've made, very well. But if you do not worship, you'll immediately be thrown into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can rescue you from my hand? Now, now look at the difference of how, um, how cheaply, very... Um, Carelessly, Nebuchadnezzar was talking about 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is God. And then, and then see how he changed his tune when he realized that their God delivered them. Okay? He completely changed his tune. He said, oh, and Abednego, servants of the most, the most high God. Okay, all of a sudden now, from, from which, which God can deliver you, now he's calling their God the most high God. See, when you and I fail to compromise, but instead hold steady and refuse to bow down and worship at the altars of this present world, we refuse to bow down to the idols of this present world, then those around us have respect for our God. They have respect for the true and the living God, and then they want to know, what was it about them, whether, whether we lose our lives or God delivers us in this present world that we live in? Either way, they get respect for us because they know that we were not willing to compromise. See, you and I are right now in a test. What are we going to do? Have you died for real? Have you died and is your life hidden with Christ in God? Because if you've died, then your life is hidden with Christ in God. You don't care. You don't care. You're not going to compromise. Because you're not interested in trying to save your physical life. You're more interested in honoring the name of Jesus Christ. Now, notice that what, what did happen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There, something really did happen to them when they went into that fire. They went into the fire tied up, bound. But the Bible says that when they got into the fire, that the king saw them in the fire loose. He said, I see four men untied. When I sent them in, they were tied. Now I see them untied and walking about in the middle of the fire, and they're not harmed. They're unharmed. God will allow you and me to go through some fiery trials in our lives. Trust me, he will. Because he's building us, he's making us. He has a reason. Sometimes it's for us, but it's always for those that are watching us as well. And let me tell you something. When we go in, we go in bound. But God wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver me from everything and anything that will keep me bound to this present system. Bound to my own fleshly desires. He wants to set me free from those things that keep me bound. He wants to set you free from the things, the addictions, the past, you know, attractions that you had to the world, the past habits that will keep you away from being who God has called you to be in the kingdom of God. He wants to set you free from all of those things that will keep you bound. Bad memories, your old way of living, like I said again, addictions. He wants to set you free 
He wants you to be free in the midst of the fire so that when he brings you out, not only are you coming out not bound, no longer bound, no longer tied up, but you won't even have the smell of fire on you. You won't even have your hair burnt. Your clothing will not be singed or damaged. God wants to bring you out from the old worldly system into the kingdom of God to live free. But you got to be willing to die to yourself and know that your life is hidden with Christ in God. When your life is hidden with Christ in God, when my life is hidden with Christ in God, I'm good. I'm good to go. You're good to go. And I already know there's another in the fire. Jesus said, I will never leave you. Lo, I will be with you always. I will be with you always. Even unto the ends of the earth and to the end of the world, I'll be with you. That's a promise from us, for us, from God. I'll be with you always. Matthew chapter 28. I'll be with you always. And it's not only in Matthew 28. It's in other places in the New Testament. But Jesus will be with you in the furnace, in the fire, through the waters, through the flood, through the storms. He will speak to the storm and say, peace, be still. That's who our God is. Whatever, remember what we were were studying two weeks ago? That Jesus is the great I am. He is whatever you need him to be in your time of trouble, in your time of need. If you're in a fire, he'll be that fourth man in the fire. He'll be that one right next to you, right with you, holding your hand, lifting you up, walking you through the fire. That's our God. If you want to receive him as your Lord tonight, pray with me. Heavenly Father, repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I come. I understand that I'm a sinner, but I no longer want to remain in opposition to you. I surrender my life to you. Let your Holy Spirit come and live inside of me. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Give me what it takes. Give me your Holy Spirit so that I can say no to the devil and to say yes to you. I believe you. I love you. Teach me to love you and how to obey you and how to honor you in everything that I encounter from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. That's it for tonight. This is your sister Pearl with In the Word. It's Sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International. God bless you. All of us here love you, but Jesus loves you more. Until next time, bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.